3: You are listening to Pacific beer chat. We are a collective of West coast beer bloggers, sharing our opinions on events, issues, and well-crafted brews. We discuss both local and international issues and aim to educate and entertain. We are a part of the hopped up network. On this week's episode, we sit down with Dan and Tony of Fuggles and Warlock, two guys that really bring the geek to craft beer. But before we get started, we got a review from a listener. The title was, These Guys and Gals Are Great. I'm going to butcher the username, Robot 7 of 9 and the review says, Hey, what you looking for? A podcast that dives headfirst into the mash town that is BC's craft beer scene? Oh, are you? Then look no further, friend. These loose-knit band of beer bloggers start with a hefty grain bill of interviews, then dry hop with Pacific Northwest Knowledge, and personal opinion to the point where a perfect balance is struck. The final product informs and entertains and leaves you wanting more. Drink it up. Thanks for that great review. We always love getting them, and uh, if you want to leave one, we'll read it right on the air. Before we start, here is a word from the Hopped Up Network.
0: Hopped Up Network is a group of independent beer podcasts devoted to providing insight into our local craft beer communities. You can visit HoppedUpNetwork.com to hear more podcasts like this one.
3: Are you a discerning beer drinker? Do you drink beer for the tastes of black currant and old leather? Can you tell the difference between Simcoe and Citra Hops, despite whatever type of beer you might be drinking? Yeah, sorry, that's not this podcast. You want to listen to somebody else. We here at The Speak Podcast do regular beer for regular people. Joe's Six-Pack Beer at Joe's Six-Pack Taste. That's Rob, Adam, and Pete, proud members of the Hopped Up Network. Three guys, two beers, one show. Without further ado, here's the episode. So tonight I find myself at Fuggles and Warlock in Richmond. Uh, Why don't you introduce yourselves? My name is Dan Collier, and I'm Fuggles of Fuggles
1: and Warlock.
0: And my name is Tony Aici, and I am the Warlock. All right, so
3: it has got to be a beer or brewery that sparked your interest in craft beer. Do you want to share sure.
0: Um Sure. Uh, craft beer really started uh, for me about uh, 10 years ago, and the beer that did it for me uh, was actually the uh, Green Flash West Coast IPA. Um, it really caught me off guard because I didn't uh, actually know that beer could be uh, that flavorful, uh, like most people in, in this world. Um, I was raised on uh, lagers. Uh, my dad drank... Uh, actually, I'd uh, drink like Canadian Budweiser, all that uh, beer that you know your parents drink, and uh, that's all I knew until uh, someone poured me a green Green Flash West Coast IPA. That's a good one.
1: That is a good one. Uh, for me, it was a uh, Dogfish Head's 90-minute uh, IPA. I think uh, that was kind of a life-changing beer for me at that time. Uh, like Tony, I was just uh, mainly into loggers and. Uh, into some pale ales, but they're relatively boring in comparison. And uh, just the flavor burst that I got that uh, I'll never forget was uh, was pretty cool because uh, they just happened to have it at this little liquor store across the street from where I live. And uh, I don't know why they had it at that point, but uh, yeah, it, was just, it was a
3: fun uh, thing to discover. I think there was a little bit of distribution of theirs years back here. Yeah. And it kind of got pulled for some reason. It did, yeah. Both of you guys started out as homebrewers. Where did you guys meet and how did this uh Father's and Warlock in the original iteration happen?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's a story that we, we do like to tell. Um, I ran a bar in Richmond called uh, the Pump House Pub. Uh, it was located at uh, Blundell in number two. It was, uh, we were pretty much one of the first places in in Richmond to start uh, carrying craft beer and I helped build their menu and uh, discover all these uh, great craft beers and uh, from there I was like you know what I'm gonna try to make my own beer and so I did and uh, like most people trying to make beer for the first time it's failed miserably but uh, at the end of the day even though it was not a very good beer it was beer and that like really uh, really got me going and Dan Fuggles here Uh, was actually a customer of mine. He was a regular and just chatting one day uh, I found out from him that he also is uh, you know taking a lot of interest in making craft beer and from there we decided to try to uh, make a beer together.
1: Yeah so like Tony um, I was attempting to do a lot of home brews and uh, yeah they didn't turn out too great (laughs) and uh, but we got talking and we thought well yeah maybe put our efforts together and and try something and from that point, uh, it seemed like whatever we did from that point just tasted amazing. And it seems that Tony had all the knowledge that I, I lacked and uh, I was hoping vice versa. We kind of had different perspectives and uh, different tastes too. I mean, uh, beers I like were a little different than what Tony's like. But oh, oh uh, for sure. That's
2: yeah.
0: uh, what, what, what Dan doesn't like is kind of like what I like and vice versa. So um, he's all about, you know, like super hops and nobody and I I like to have uh, a beer with like some you know malt background and uh, it just honestly between the two of us uh, when we created recipes it kind of like balanced out to this perfect
1: harmony yeah so whenever we could uh, agree on a recipe it, it usually was a, it was a it turned out to be a, a good beer where did the name actually come from
0: uh well I'll start with, Dan can start with his because mine's a little bit more complicated than his. Yeah, so
1: they're basically our nicknames. Uh, the reason uh, I got my nickname of Fuggles was uh, um, Fuggles is a really traditional, noble uh, English hop. And uh, it's one of my least favorite hops of um, all the hops out there. And uh, so uh, <laughs> it was always my go-to swear words. I would just always say, oh, Fuggles. And... Uh, a lot of people overheard me saying that and uh, the name stuck, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, and my mine is... Uh, was actually uh, created by uh, Tom Orange. Uh, he's the president of uh, Fuggles and Warlock and he was also a regular at the, the Pump House Pub and every time he would come in, uh, I'd be chatting with one of the boys at the bar and uh, talking about either like Magic the Gathering or Star Wars or some new video game and he'd always come up and be like, what are you guys talking about? This is like some Warlockian talk. And... Uh, <laughs> From that point on, anytime I was talking nerd culture, he was like, oh, there he goes, look at that Warlock go. And it kind of just really stuck from there. And uh, we just put the two nicknames together, Fuggles and Warlock. It's it's a cool name, intrigues people that don't know who we are. They want to know what we are and who we are.
1: Yeah. It was actually Tom that coined us on Twitter one day. He said, one day you guys should have a brewery and call it Fuggles and
3: Warlock Craftworks. That's awesome, yeah. (laughs) I remember years ago, I don't remember who was holding the bottle share, but I met at least you, Dan, and you already, I hadn't met you guys yet, I hadn't tried any of your beer, but there was already a name for you guys, everyone knew who you were, Um, I think you handed off a couple bottles, I'd have been, did you already have like 8-Bit back then? It was 8-Bit and probably our strawberry, I think it was a takeoff of um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail or something, oh yeah, yeah. classic,
1: way, way back our multi python and the holy ale
3: that's it yeah it was a belgian
1: triple that we made yeah.
3: yeah it was a belgian triple but i guess did you guys start getting into any like um homebrew clubs at all or were you just your own homebrew yeah, club? yeah we're just know, our like, own basically we, yeah.
0: we honestly uh we don't really have any formal training in uh making beer we actually taught ourselves and we taught each other things that he would learn he would teach me and things that i would learn i teach him and uh Lots of, lots of hard work, lots of research, and lots of uh, practice,
1: and it got us to where we are uh, now. So uh, a lot of our, our initial recipes uh, turns out to be you know, what, what our best sellers are today. So uh, the very first beer we made was our 8-bit IPA, uh, which kind of turned into the Super 8 IPA. Uh, the Super 8-bit is uh, still a really popular beer that we do every year. The reason why it's called 8-bit was it's eight different hops that we use for it. I think the second beer we yeah. did together was our Strawberry Yeah, Yeah,
0: that, that's a really that's a really funny beer. Um, we, we actually went out to make that beer um, because our our wives were always complaining that we don't like hoppy beer, we don't like hoppy beer. So Dan and I, you know, went out and made a beer that they would enjoy, and who would have thought that that, that beer would take off the way
1: it did? And it's still to this day one of our best sellers. Yeah, and I think the third beer we made together was our Beam Me Up Espresso Milk Stout, so... That, too, is just still another fan favorite. So it's funny that our first few beers are kind of our mainstay still right now. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, we're just having fun back in the city. <laughs> well,
3: yes, every brewer, every home brewer has made that one terrible batch. Do you remember what that was?
1: Probably our very first beers, probably. Yeah, no, like, when
0: I came into, you know, home brewing, my first attempt at a beer was a green tea, oh, yeah, the lemon, tea one. Uh, Saison, which was a little bit complicated for someone who knew nothing about making beer, and it showed. It really did show. But uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. So if I didn't make that beer, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Did you drink it? Of course. It wasn't that bad,
3: then? Yeah, of course.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, it was. Uh, it was not very good. But you know what? It had alcohol.
1: Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> if the first beers were terrible, we we're happy that they're actually just beer. Like you know, we actually were
3: able to make beer. So. <laughs> you had. Um couple forays into professional brewing before you got this space could you kind of touch on sort of the was it contracting or gypsy work with that frog and then at the former brb uh, brew pub here in richmond yeah i think uh you know when we're still home
1: brewers uh we we uh, were lucky enough through tom and he was with beer thirst that they kind of set us up with a lot of cool collaborations the first one we did was at alameda brewing in portland uh, we did our Super 8-bit there and that just had real good success when uh, they brought it back here to Vancouver and So we kind of continued there. We went to um, American Brewery in Washington. Uh, we did our draft Punk IPA with them some Nice uh, light rye IPA and then uh, then we went to Tenaya Creek uh, in Las Vegas Yeah, and then we did uh yeah we did the fuzzy Vegas peach saison there with them that was a good one yeah so uh, that was fun it was a great start too and uh, really cool for us to check out all these uh, really cool breweries in the states and their setups and uh, what was different about all those setups uh, yeah you could take it from there yeah like
0: I think being gypsy brewers at the very beginning uh, really benefited us in the end um, because each brewery and each brewmaster kind of has their own way the, the way they do things and uh, we've we basically picked up you know little bits and pieces from each place that we we worked with and uh, made beer with and so that it, it kind of like defined us defines us now who, who we are is we took the best from all worlds and awesome like it's it's better to just look at something and not see one way to do it but there's multiple ways to do something um, and so it, it worked out well
1: yeah and then um, like you said it was just great to see different setups and uh, from there um, you know, we knew exactly what we wanted when we were building our own uh, setup here in our own facility. But, uh, you know, after all the contracting, uh, or I mean, uh, the collaborations that we did, uh, we we're lucky enough to have uh, our space at the, what was formerly uh, Big River Brewing here in Richmond. And so we had a nice little uh, brew pub set up there. And uh, that was fun for us too. For for the first time to get really hands-on to a a, a whole professional setup and and how that worked, and uh, we learned a lot there. Uh, And uh, as we were brewing there, we started building this facility, and then um, from there, uh, for about a year, we contract brewed at Dead Frog. Um, I think the biggest difference from us compared to everyone else contracting there was uh, we're the only ones to actually go there and brew everything ourselves, so we try to be as hands-on as we could. Um, and I think in the end that really
3: paid off for us for sure that's that's a good point you went from homebrewing to doing the gypsy and a bit of contracting how did this fairly big facility come about
1: yeah so um like i said while we were at big river uh, we had our course on on building this space uh, and uh, it took a while for us to find kind of the perfect spot but we're really happy with where we ended up here and you know, compared to a lot of Vancouver breweries, uh, we had the luxury of, of the amount of space that we were able to get. So we really try to plan ahead uh, for expansion, and we've gone through three expansions already now, and there's there's still space left uh, to expand. But been nice knowing that we have that space compared to a lot of stories you hear where you know people quickly run out of space within a year and they're having to move everything. And so uh, yeah,
0: yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of a journey, um, to be honest. Uh, there, at at the point that we found Richmond as our home uh, for our, for our brewery, there had been no other production breweries uh, in Richmond. So working with working with the city of Richmond and everything that comes along with it, it, it it was a journey for both sides because it's never been done before. And now with you know like Britannia opening up, they used us as our their their base and uh, and what to expect in the future and uh you know it, it worked out
3: it, it very well worked out well yes. it just didn't follow that whole get more space <laughs> no yeah i exactly, know yeah.
0: that's like like because we went to so many breweries you know when we were gypsy brewers like the number one complaint that we heard everywhere is there's just not enough space so we we we, we for sure got a space that was way too big for us to start with um on purpose yeah Thank
3: God we did. And yeah. it'll still be too small fairly quickly. It's, it's, it's filling up very like quickly. Said, one more expansion and we're full. Like. <laughs> then you got a strong arm, the, yeah. <laughs> the owner of the building for the other side. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Anyone that knows you guys or knows the brand knows that you guys are fairly big geeks When they just when they meet you, right? Yeah. What's kind of the inspiration for the brand? So your labels, the beers, they've all got they, deep-seated... Uh, geekdom. I mean, even. they
1: go right back to our homebrewing days, and uh, uh, you know, we're probably even edgier with our with copyright back then. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're just a home brewer, yeah. it's easier. And uh, but you know, we just try to max out on our geekdom, and uh, <laughs> we still have that spirit right now with all, everything that we do. So we try to as much as we can incorporate some kind of video game reference or sci-fi or pop culture or something out there. But uh, yeah. And it's strong with our branding. Um, a lot of anime, a lot of a lot of references there for sure. And uh, yeah, right, you know, people people like it, and uh, yeah, we're we're happy that so many beer geeks are are actual geeks as well. So yeah, yeah, I know the the branding really uh, represents who we are. We uh,
0: we we like everything from Star Wars to Doctor Who to, to like obscure Japanese animation, and uh, it does it does show in our branding. Um, a lot of people might not get a reference uh, uh, because some of them are uh, you have to be a real nerd to get yeah. that up but the people that do they, they thank us and uh, <laughs> yeah it's just it's, our brand is all about having
1: fun it's just who we are and that's what we want to do you guys have some of my favorite art in the uh, industry right now who does your artwork so my wife does all the illustrations uh, her name is Yuri and uh, she's just very talented for what she does so uh, everything from our anime styles to uh, uh, yeah she's just gifted in, in, in the many different styles that she could do and uh, as far as the labels designs themselves uh, everything other than those illustrations I do uh, I, I used to be in the field of graphic design before I got into brewing so uh, that kind of uh, naturally it worked really well for us and to be hands-on for me to do uh, you know the beer concepts and the artwork is probably what makes it a little more true to to what it is because you know, I, i'm the one doing it and be very very very
0: thankful that it's dan and Yuri that do the labels and not myself otherwise each of your labels is going to be black and white with little stick figures on them <laughs> so when does
3: that label come out now yeah. challenge accepted yeah. make that an experimental ipa or yeah. something yeah, yeah. <laughs> It could be on a cask or something. <laughs> I really do like the homages to the geekdom. Do you have a favorite label so far? Uh, gosh, there's there, there's many, um, and they can go all the way back to the homebrew days if you want. Yeah, I'm just trying to
0: like like honestly like we're not gonna release a label that we don't absolutely love. Yeah. So each and every uh, label has a little piece in my heart. But you know, like the Hot Troop Time Machine,
1: that's pretty awesome. Um, I don't know, Dan. What about you? Yeah, for me, uh, my favorite must be the Chrono IPA, which is a reference to Chrono Trigger, and uh, it's probably one of the most beautiful labels I think we've
3: done. I'd love to bring up the YouTube videos you guys made as yeah. you kind of worked your way towards opening. Can you kind of explain where those came from? And
1: um, Well, we always had a fascination of, of doing a video with the... Uh, lightsabers and we thought you know what's what's more cool than a lightsaber shooting out of a tap handle so from, from that idea um yeah it was just basically tony and i and, and a friend that had a video camera and we're like let's do this let's be serious for a second here
0: who doesn't want to run around the wilderness pretending to be jedi with lightsabers in your hand <laughs> no one yeah. everyone listen everyone wants to do that and you know what
1: it was a dream come true. I was a Jedi
0: for a little amount of time. Yeah.
1: And uh, it was fun to shoot. Uh, it took about six months for me to edit because <laughs> I did frame by frame. Uh, and uh, but I think all the hard
3: work paid off because uh, in the end, uh, it looked pretty good. <laughs> I don't have as many a- um, animators as the Star Wars ones. Yeah. No, <laughs> I certainly don't.
0: <laughs> Darn. I know it was actually pretty funny. And Dan's like, I've been working on it all day. Check this out. And then it would be like half a second. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm like, that's like 120 frames
3: that I drew, man. (laughs) It was so funny. It was awesome. It it honestly took him a long time. The fact that it was done that way is amazing because it looks really flawless. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) It's probably this similar equipment that the
1: professionals use. So... uh, I was I was I wanted to make it look as official as we could. So.
3: And it did. Yeah. But I did hear about it a lot before it came out. I know it took a long time. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. Yeah. But I can see why you don't make too many of those videos. No, that's for sure. Alright, let's talk a bit about your tasting lounge. Sure. Sort of like from the artwork to the arcade games, the tap handles. It's really kind of inviting and nerdy. Where did the inspiration for the actual tasting room come from? it's not your typical.
1: Yeah, I mean I We we found that a lot of tasting rooms uh, that we went into, you know, are nice and comfortable, but, uh, you know, you'd have maybe a a drink or two and, you know, maybe maybe wanting to to go somewhere else, but we just wanted to make a space that was kind of more like your neighborhood pub than anything, so something really comfortable. Uh, So we used a lot of wood, a lot of natural wood around um, and, uh, you know, tried to to make a fun space so, uh, we, we set up our you know, arcade systems that have know, about 20,000 video games that you could play for free. So a lot of people just come here, drink, play, play video games. Uh, the other thing that I, you know, we made sure was we have a lot of TV, so we were, always have sports and uh, things going on. So uh, a nice big 65-inch TV uh, right in the middle of the brewery. And um, uh, yeah, the whole experience, uh, uh, you just want to make it enjoyable and so, like, cause you want to stay and stick around
0: yeah, like we want people to come down, have a beer, get a growler fill, and challenge us at games like Mario Kart. And plus, have I ever mentioned that we have a
3: TARDIS in our tasting room? That's we do. right, a TARDIS. How <laughs> awesome is that? Pretty cool, yeah. Go back to the games. What kind of what systems do you have? Just not all of them. Oh, God. Uh oh. Just a couple. All maybe five. Them. No, <laughs> yeah. lots of them.
1: All the classic ones, I must have a couple of. You know, I've, I've really. I don't have the current consoles, and I, I did that for a reason, because I'd never get any work done if I, if I did. <laughs> <laughs> but everything before those, I think I have pretty much every console with me. Like, <laughs> I did literally. see someone
3: play Mario Kart Wii up there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: we do have all of those. I think, yeah, Tony has more than even I do. It's, uh, Tony was more of a game collector than than I. Yeah, you know what?
0: I was that kid growing up that even saved like the box and the instructions and made sure it was in good shape that's just who i was <laughs> and you know how many other people out there still have their original secret of mana or their chrono trigger um, i never so had those <laughs> it will always have a place in my heart and uh you know what gaming is just so much fun gaming and beer the
3: end
0: yeah, like, they yeah.
3: work together for sure especially together right yes yeah. <laughs> Guess, what's your favorite game to play on these systems here do you have one i'm pretty good at mario kart um <laughs> yeah we do a lot of mario kart now,
0: but uh i like everything to be honest I'm, I'm not very good at like fighting games street fighter mortal kombat i'm not very good but if uh any other game i'm pretty
1: good at maybe we should play one of those later <laughs> we should we have, like a donkey kong match
3: or
2: something.
1: yeah <laughs> well, real old school so yeah I- we play a lot of Gallagher on the system, so we're always uh, fighting for the high score. Well, every game keeps its high score, so we're
3: always trying to put our initials in there. That's awesome. I remember that. Yeah. Let's just move into the brewery now itself. Sure. What's the brew house size? Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs>
0: we have a three-vessel system. Uh, it's 20-barrel. Uh, We've got um, mash-dun, kettle, and uh, whirlpool. Whirlpool is like a lifesaver for us. You know, it makes us... Uh, Be able to do back-to-back batches uh, quickly because we have to for our small uh, fermenters we have to brew uh, twice and for our larger fermenters we have to brew three times on average for the higher avv beers we have to brew four times so uh, takes a lot of brewing
3: to fill up one of those bad boys and to bring you all that delicious beer we make and uh, yeah you've had some serious growth in your capacity what did you start at and what are you at now for capacity? Just rough estimate. I know it's over. Uh, well, for fermenters, we started
1: off with six uh, 40-barrel fermenters. Uh, and then from there, we bought three 80-barrel fermenters. Uh, and then now, uh, a few weeks ago, we just bought three more 80-barrel fermenters. So uh, uh, we we'll kind of triple the
3: capacity of when we first started. That's pretty exponential. And that's from, was it late 2015? Yeah, it's almost two years now. Yeah, almost family. years. It's massive growth then. Yeah, it's been great. Um, let's talk about your beers a little bit. What is your core lineup? Um, our core lineup
0: is uh, Pixel Pilsner. Uh, we've got uh, Strawberry, Personas, West Coast uh, IPA. Common. Uh, com- yeah, it's Common. Um, we just added uh, Kwame uh, Plum Sour, also available in cans, which is pretty awesome. Yeah.
3: And, Destiny and then Destiny IPA core lineup it's a pretty solid core lineup it's a little bigger than a lot of breweries yeah and soon we're adding to that is our gin and like yeah it's and GLP packs, so nice. coming uh, pretty quick here so that's going to be in cans or bottles or something Can six pack cans yeah nice yeah it's been a lot of people wanting that for a long time I think yeah it's uh people are knocking at the door
0: every day when they're ready when they ready we're like we promise it's coming yeah
3: <laughs> soon soon <laughs>
1: We he hear it here first, but we're also adding a pale ale to our core lineup yeah. very soon. <laughs> it's not. We broke down and we're like, "Okay, we need a fucking." Not beer. everyone knows that information. <laughs> now you do. Nice hoppy pale ale. It's gonna be.
0: Uh, it's gonna be uh, pretty hoppy without all the uh, the bitterness. So it's gonna oh, have nice. all the flavor, but it's
3: still gonna be uh, a beer that you're on to drink uh, a few of. So nice and juicy for sure. Ah yes, very nice you guys have got the really uh, solid core lineup, but you also excel on one-offs and seasonals. Can you talk a little bit about your kind of seasonal lineup? Yeah, so we have got two series. One is called the Experimental
1: IPA Series. And so what we try to do is uh, every two months or so, we always try to come up with a a new or different IPA. Uh, Sometimes we'll rotate the same IPA from last year, but uh, we're always trying to do something new. Uh, We actually have something new going right now. But yeah, so, uh, like I said, every two months or so, we have a new IPA release. Uh, We also have a limited series, and uh, usually that as well, we have every two months or so, we have a new sour that comes out, and so we're always trying to change the flavors of our sours, and uh, our most recent one being a pineapple sour. Yeah, just finishing my glass right now, it's really tasty. Yeah, it's nice and juicy, for sure. And then, yeah, there's other uh, uh, limiteds that we do, but those are our main... Two things that we uh, uh, release uh, in limited ones are the IPAs and the sours. We have so much fun doing them.
0: It's uh love looking forward to the next one and uh Dan and I always you know hit our heads together and we're like, what can we do next? What can we do next? And yeah, what's uh what's the latest hop? What's the newest? One? We're always we're always <laughs> researching on like you know what's what's hit the market that uh people haven't seen yet. And uh, you know that's what we do. So we keep beer weird, keep
3: beer new, and uh out. wait till you guys see there's some exciting stuff coming you guys got the kettle sour program that's quite popular right now yeah how do you come up with the new kettle sours it's just like the next fruit you can find or yeah I mean we try to explore stuff
1: that other breweries aren't trying as much as we can and uh, yeah we just try to get cool exotic ingredients and uh, you know when we when we say there's a
3: fruit in our beer we, we kind of mean it so yeah we don't go light on it that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> no no you don't your distribution is kind of really taken off where can your beer be found these days yeah so uh, we're slowly wa-
1: working our way across canada so uh, and i could buy our beers in alberta saskatchewan uh, manitoba, manitoba and then soon uh, in ontario and then uh, yeah we're looking forward to that for sure and then uh, internationally uh, we're, uh you can find us in south korea Japan, Taiwan,
3: uh, Brazil, yeah, and uh, yeah. So uh, it's been pretty cool to have our footprint there. You seem to have a bit of like a sales team almost going for you in South Korea right now. And I, have you both been over, or is it just you? Yeah, just I've gone a number of
1: times, uh, at least once a year there. But uh, it's been really cool to see. Uh, for us, uh, what I like most is uh, it's a real booming craft beer industry there right now, and uh, especially in the last. Say eight to ten months. It's really starting to bloom there, and you know their local beers are, are quite a, a few years behind uh, all of our game here in, in North America. But uh, you can see them really trying to catch up. And there's a lot of really good American beer there. But uh, um, we're pretty much the only Canadian brewery there. I think there's only us and uh, a little bit of Moosehead, <laughs> and so really not competition for us. So, yeah, no. uh, Mission Springs had been there for a while. They, they were there, and I think they pulled out now. It's, it's too bad because they had a pretty cool space there uh, when they were there, but uh, yeah, so right now uh, you know, we're, we're pretty much the only ones, and uh, our team that's uh, promoting us there and uh, distributing us there uh, are really uh, pushing us hard, and uh, it seems that a lot of the locals are really like uh, not just the different styles of beer we do, uh, but our branding seems to be hitting it hard there, so uh, we're really pleased with uh, how people are
3: reacting. Who would have thought that geek culture would go well in South Korea? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. yeah. They, they may play video games there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or anime, or whatever you call it. They're big, <laughs> big into that whole culture, right? Yeah, for sure. And you guys even do, an, do you still do an exclusive beer for, is it a liquor store chain there? Or? Yeah, it's
1: one of the biggest bottle shop chains there. and. Um, I, I was told it was the uh, one of the most well-known and popular uh, local Korean beers there. So for draft, they, they have a different local brewery making it there. But the, with the current laws of Korea, uh, none of the Korean craft breweries are allowed to uh, put their product uh, into uh, bottles, which is kind of weird. Uh, only <laughs> macro breweries are allowed, which is a very strange law. So we're doing it for them, basically, by uh, producing... Uh, bottles for them. So it was big news, I, I guess, for, in, in Korea because it was like really the first local brewery that had a product uh, in bottles and done from a Canadian brewery, which is also pretty cool to them. So, uh, yeah, in the end, uh, that was kind of cool how, how that worked out. And it's really
3: selling well, and uh, they're continuing to order that product from us. So, uh, yeah, it's been cool. That's awesome. It, I think it's almost an Asian problem. There's a lot of Asian countries where they're not allowed to package their beer. My dad and stepmom were in China, and it was only growler fills. My sister was in Southeast Asia, and it was all growler fills at yeah. most. So I think it's just, there's a lot of Asian countries that are behind the times of the alcohol loss. I, I think loss. so, yeah. And I, I
1: think that's slowly changing, and for what's really changed in South Korea, that's really caused, I think, the boom in the last, like, eight months, like I said, was uh, they're finally allowed to growler their, their 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 stuff. So. Uh, almost every bar has a crowler machine and uh, they're, they're able to, uh, not just in the breweries, but every local bar, they're able to fill a crowler if it's a local Korean brewery's beer. Okay. Uh, and uh, with that movement,
3: it uh, seems that that's really been a key to uh, that craft movement taking off with that's awesome. I yeah. wish we could do growlers or growlers and stuff in bottle shops here. It works well in Alberta. Yeah. I know you've got to be careful. you got to make sure it's cleaned properly so the beer is treated well. But sometimes you just don't want to drive to the Okanagan to get a growler fill from one of their breweries. Exactly. It would be nice just to be able to pick it up here. Because, you know, we're all beer geeks. Yeah. You want to be able to get the new, latest, greatest. No, when I saw one. that in Alberta, I'm like, why can't we do that back <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I'd go to Edmonton for work quite a bit, especially last year. And um, there's a great Sherwood? Sher- no, Sherbrooke Liquor. Yeah. And I would get growler fills of DeMolin. <laughs> <laughs> or, sorry, um, growler fills. And, you know, I'd get a growler fill of something from in Calgary. Yeah. It was great. Fly with stainless steel. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did just expand. Is there any more expansion in the future or?
1: Well, there's some space yeah. left there. Yeah, so I noticed I could that. See some, uh, some more tanks. Where there's coming.
3: space, there will be more tanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen eventually. Not too long. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you got your canning line back there and your bottling lines. I'm sure you could kind of move them if you need yeah, more space. Yeah, there's some fiddling that we could do there,
1: but uh, <laughs> slowly running out of other storage space yeah. too. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Oh, well. when, we, when we
0: first got it, we're like we have room for days. Yeah. And then now it's like, we have no room. We have room for hours
3: now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any exciting events or um, releases, kind of anything coming up you guys are going to be promoting or being involved with? Well, we're, at, we're in a
1: bunch of uh, collabs right now that we're pretty excited about. So uh, we just did a collab with uh, Four Winds Brewing. And, uh,
0: Yay. It was Four years in the making. Yeah,
1: I would say four or five <laughs> years in the making. Uh, yeah, they're our neighbors here, and uh, we've always been talking about ideas. And uh, we we're this close to brewing a collab once. Uh, that was probably a year ago. And then uh, we thought it was a really weird idea. And uh, just just as we were going to go brew it, another brewery just came up with the exact same idea <laughs> that week. And we're like, ah, uh, yeah, uh, just no. blame it on tunnel traffic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like ah, uh, okay. So uh, back to the drawing board. We did that. Quite a few times, but uh, now we finally settled with something that we thought was really cool. So it's going very to very be confident. worth the wait. Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but it's still top secret, so no one copies it. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't <laughs> tell you what it very, is. Very, but very top other than secret. That, we know it's going to probably be very tasty. It will be very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're working
1: on a new experimental IPA right now. And uh, yeah. what else are we doing? Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of other yeah we uh, just collabs uh, that we're working on. So did, we
0: just did the across the
1: nation with uh, Central City. Yeah, so that, that was really cool. Uh, so they chose us as the BC Brewery this year for their Across the Nation uh, collaboration box that they do
3: every year now. So uh, That's a pretty cool box set. Um, yeah. To be able to involve one brewery from every province and territory. It's quite other a Other than um, none of it, because they don't yeah. have a brewery yet. It's in the works, it sounds like. So. Oh, yeah. But it, yeah, it, yeah. it's neat, because not everyone gets a chance to try uh, some small brewery from... Saskatchewan or a small brewery from the Maritimes. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a great idea and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun,
1: and especially playing with Central City's equipment is even cooler. Yeah, um, we thought our setup was pretty cool, but that's just a whole other level
3: there. So, yeah, it was like a really the candy shop. Yeah, <laughs> a very, very expensive candy shop. Yes. Very, very expensive candy shop. <laughs> yeah. They have a gorgeous brewery for sure. Oh, the they plan. do for sure, yeah they also don't have many small tanks to play. It's all just huge tanks. Very big tanks. Lots of them. <laughs> I wish they'd get one small tank for Thor's Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like a new version of it. <laughs> I guess outside of hanging out here at the brewery in Richmond, is there any uh, other places you guys would recommend people to come and check out and kind of draw them to the city? Because once they're here, they'll want to check out more. Oh, like, Britannia's just down the road, I'd definitely give
0: them a check. Uh, and, and we got Monkey Nine. I'm yeah, mistaken. Monkey Nine is also the opposite direction of Pretendians. Go check out a movie and have dinner before, or have some beers after. Yeah, yeah, I know it's 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 good, and there's uh, lots of good eats around town that carry a lot of good good beer. Uh, like I said, Steveston's awesome. Yeah, Steveston's great. Good food, good beer, and uh, yeah, you it's, it's definitely great. Just come down, you know,
3: hit a couple of breweries, go get a bite to eat, and go see a movie. It's it's awesome. Or maybe go down, and walk on the uh, Steveston. Uh, Walkway there. What do you oh, for it? sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lots of great seafood. And a lot of cool places to check out. As we kind of wind it up here, have you had a beer recently that you guys don't make that kind of just went wow? the Force is strong with this beer. <laughs> I,
0: drink a lot of, I drink a lot of other people's beers. It's it's. I'm just trying to think of one that like really like yeah. Wow. Like one of the better beers I've actually had recently outside of uh, you know. You know your, your your regular you know yellow dogs and four winds is one of the uh, Kualan students named Xander. Uh, he did a, a single hopped uh, uh, galaxy sour, and it's one of the better beers that I've had in, in the last little while. And That's awesome, and it's a student beer too. And like there, that 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 course is producing some uh, some pretty awesome uh, yeah. students and beers, and it's pretty impressive. Yeah, well you. Uh, one of the students working here, former students working here. Yeah, right? Tegan uh, we, we we found Tegan through you know getting uh, help from from her uh, for work experience, and uh, she is uh, one kick-ass uh, brewer. And you know she's teaching me things that I didn't know, which is <laughs> which is pretty uh, pretty awesome. And uh, we, we we're thankful every day that you know we found Tegan and she
3: decided to work with us. How about you? Do you have a beer that uh, really yeah. stands out? Don't worry, this is a question that I can barely answer. It's really good I get so drunk I forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was talking to Dan from Ravens. Yeah. And his answer to that was this year's Singularity. Which I agree, it was probably one of their best vintages they've had was in it, quite oh, a few years the, this year. I missed this year. Ah, this was like the first year I missed too. I only got one bottle this year. Ah, if you don't remember. I get that way too. I don't know. The Twin Sales guys are producing some pretty good stuff.
0: Yeah. Boombox. Boombox. Flux. Yeah. They're all, all those yeah. guys are beer, whatever e r e. They're pretty. Yeah, them. beer brewing, yeah. They're, they're producing some...
3: I went there just after they opened and the beer was pretty damn solid. I haven't been back but I've been hearing really good things lately and I want to go check that out again. There's just so many breweries. Like, literally. I would be
0: wasted 24-7 if I got a chance to try all of them. <laughs> I don't get to have enough other people's beers. We're too busy making your beer for us yeah. to enjoy our beer.
3: Where can people find you guys online then?
1: Uh, yeah, our social media so Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Fuggles Warlock. FugglesWarlock.com Awesome. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.
3: If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Patreon.com slash Pacific Chat. We'd love if you would help support us if you think Our content gives you some value. You can pitch in as little as a dollar and we'll mention you on the website. Five dollars gets you a mention live on the show. Um, And it'll also get you some bonus content we're creating every month. There's also some different levels where you can get stickers, shirts, hats, and that kind of thing. So if you like our show and you want to help us out and uh, help us make better content and upgrade our equipment... Check out patreon.com/pacificbeerchat. Find our show on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, or your favorite podcast site or app at Pacific Beer Chat. Please leave us a review as it helps spread the word about the show and helps new listeners find our episodes. You can find Pacific Beer Chat on social media at Pacific Beer Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Send us an email at feedback at with any feedback or comments. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us at pacificbeerchat.com. We are part of the Hopped Up Network, an international craft beer podcast network. If you enjoy this craft beer-focused show, or any other craft beer-focused shows, check out hoppedupnetwork.com. And thanks to Tim of craftbeertourist.com for designing our brand new logo. Thanks to Kevin M's of Conundrum for allowing us to use the song Lothian in the intro to the podcast. You can find Conundrum on Instagram and Facebook at Music of Conundrum. You can also find them at conundrum-music.bandcamp.com. To play us out, here is the full version of Lothian. Cheers.